I've been threatening for a few years now to write a monster post called How to Be Overwhelmed. When you have a chronic or mental illness, there are hard stops on your capacity to just power through and get things done. But you've still got expenses to manage, chores and care tasks to do every day, people in your life who need care, periodic emergencies, and high physical and mental health needs. You end up with a whole routine for how to be overwhelmed. If you're lucky, you end up with a good one. I always knew this post would be enormous, but I finally got it written. Now that it's finished, I'm realizing I got it done by following my own advice. The day came when writing it was just my next right thing. This is an edited version of a post I made in a Babies Do in August subreddit when I realized I was searching exhaustedly for someone to tell me what I already knew but was struggling to apply to pregnancy. I figured it was time to write this down for my own reference and for others. This is more big sisterly than my usual, so skip it if you're not in the mood to get bossed. It's also way more nitty gritty practical than traditionally spiritual, although that's obviously a false dichotomy to begin with. This looks like a step-by-step list, but it has a lot to teach and a lot it requires in terms of spiritual, emotional, and relational maturity. If you want the even deeper dive, I've written about the ecosystem of your life, why unlearning burnout is an act of resistance, and the surprising efficiency of doing nothing. And those links are available in this post. So let's do this. Here's how to be overwhelmed. Number one, survival is fine. It's especially important to sit with this one if it feels new. You are more than what you produce. It can also make a huge difference to say, today I'm choosing to sit on my couch and eat Pop-Tarts and wait for bedtime, rather than to feel guilty after the fact when that happens to you anyway. Number two, It is also fine to need or want to do a little more than survive. Jobs, kids, other caretaking, baby prep, trying to feel like a person and not just a blob. Even in fairly dire circumstances, you can choose to be strategic about meeting some needs or goals, even if, quote, only for self-care. Number three. Take some time to evaluate and accept the situation as it is. If you're not used to having hard limitations on your body and time, you may think you're slowing down substantially when in fact you're not. You may believe you can life hack or time manage your way to do it all when in fact that is no longer physically possible. Or you have accepted that you can't do it all, but you also haven't conducted an accounting of what that actually means. So you continue to feel constantly overwhelmed and behind, and that makes everything harder. Number four, tough love time. Get a little treat. Take a piece of paper. Brain dump everything you think you, quote, should do in the next however many weeks, and everything you think you should, could, or will do in a day. Now, go back through your last three to seven days and write down what actually got done. 
include things you are tempted to not view as quote productive, like self-care, managing relationships, and time you spent dealing with emotions, yours or others. Now this is what's realistic for you. Even if it feels like you're in a huge slump and surely it has to improve now that you're taking charge of the situation, your current baseline is the product of where your body and mind are right now. And it is wise to follow this lead. Talk through these lists, your project goals and needs, your daily task goals and needs, and your current capacity with a partner and at least one other person if you can. Both so you can process for yourself and so you can be on the same page about your needs and goals versus capacities. These lists might leave you feeling more overwhelmed than ever. That's okay. Looking at and crying over and making another pop tart to emotionally deal with them is part of the process. If you do this in a hurry, you're probably still not going to get where you're trying to go which is shifting to a sane pace that allows you to bring your best self to the most important things in your life. But maybe you've already cried into so many Pop-Tarts that you've already started to cross things off the list entirely. We can do hard things. Hard things like choosing what we will not do. Start with what doesn't need to be done at all ever. You will be surprised how many of these there are. I have scaled back my pre-baby writing goals several times, which is frustrating and a little identity crisis inducing every time. But it's also increasing the total amount of quality work I'll be able to do because I'm not working from a place of desperation. Then, Look at what can be done later, or maybe, and move these to new lists if it makes you feel better. Now, circle at least three things for which you can, number six, ask for help. People love to help. People, importantly, is more than just your partner or one sibling or one parent. Human people evolved to be supported by a village. Who is in your life that you'd like to be better friends with? Ask them for help with something. Who do you barely know but has already told you to let them know how they can help? Let them know how they can help. Do you have a group of friends who love you to absolute pieces but live too far away? Give them a short list of ideas for things to sponsor, like a month of meal kits or housekeeping services. The harder you find this step, the more important it is that you do it now. While you are still in strategic executive planning mode and not in overwhelm, total exhaustion, meltdown mode, right now you have the mental capacity to make specific and emergency specific and appropriate requests on a non-emergency timeline. Because when we say people love to help, that's what we mean. People don't love to feel guilted, pressured, or rushed into things, and they don't love trying to step into someone else's situation without very specific direction on what will be useful. Number seven, 
move more things to the never, maybe, or later list. Be relentlessly honest about your actual capacity. Your goal here is to leave yourself with daily or weekly to-do lists that you can actually accomplish. Yesterday, my daily to-do list was 20 minutes of yoga, unpack from a weekend trip, read and take notes on part of a book for the podcast, plan one week of meals and go to the grocery. I got tired or overwhelmed about five times yesterday, but I knew this list was doable and that enabled me to actually pick something and actually do it. So I got way farther towards my goals than with a less honest, more ambitious list. If you are staring at your true capacity and realizing the only viable goal available to you is to maintain your mental or physical health, that is absolutely worth putting energy and resources toward. This does not make you a failure. Recognizing it and having the courage to work toward it makes you a raging success. You are allowed to put yoga and reading on a to-do list of four things, even if you've always thought of them as obvious or, quote, extra in the past. It is okay if you have to do some, drop something, quote, productive in order to tend to a relationship with a family member. Your body, mind, emotions, and relationships are more essential than your most urgent to-dos. Number eight, with your remaining list, pay careful attention to which tasks will build on each other. Slot in self-care needs first. If it takes you two hours to drink coffee and look at Reddit in the morning before you can face the day, it takes you two hours to drink coffee and look at Reddit in the morning. Maybe if you're honest about it and let go of guilting yourself about, quote, procrastination, it only takes you 90 minutes. But the point is, paring down the lists is only half the battle. You are still working with a lot of needs and goals and not a lot of energy, and that is still okay. The next part is organizing your days so that you deploy that energy strategically and if that energy doesn't exist before two hours of coffee and Reddit, it just doesn't. This is not for you to question. This is for you to accept. Maybe this sounds unrealistic or silly or self-indulgent, but it's not. After seven years of chronic illness, I still keep being surprised by how much I get out of, quote, wasting time without guilt. Eventually, I realized it would also feel good to move my body by emptying the dishwasher. Or giving myself space to sit down helps me notice I'm also thirsty or hungry or footsore, and if I meet that need, I can carry on with my day. Or I just need to mentally rest, and by the time I've done that, I'm actually ready to work in a much more motivated, focused manner than if I had dragged myself into it earlier. Number nine, ask what's needed to make the next thing easier. Is there a tool, an item of clothing, a daily ritual, a weekly phone call, a therapy appointment, 
a collar of nail polish, a mantra, a single tiny space you can keep uncluttered that would help you keep moving through your lists with more ease. It could help to make the shortest possible list of absolute essentials and prioritize them to give you some emotional space once they're done. It might also help to put stars or stickers by the things you really want to do, enjoy doing, or find it really easy to do. Experiment with where these belong in your days and weeks. Do they energize you and you should put them first? Or are they the things you can find energy for when you're already depleted and to a reasonable extent, they can go last? In fact, experiment number 10 is experiment with a lot of things. The final essential part of making all these evaluations and plans is to pay attention to how they are working out in real life. Pay specific attention to what works strategically, time-wise, energetically, emotionally, spiritually. Maybe you know you need a walk every day, but it's getting harder to do. Does it fit into a different time of day than it used to? Would it help to invite your partner? Do you actually really need alone time and it would help to uninvite your partner? Or in this particular self-parenting instance, is it just simplest to make a no ice cream before walk rule? You don't have to know the answer. You just have to try stuff. And you don't have to be a big giant failure if the stuff doesn't work. It just means you get to try different stuff. See how it feels. Notice how it connects to other stuff. Number 11. The more overwhelmed you get, the more you must stick to the boundaries you've made to be as kind and generous as possible with yourself and your limited resources. This is also why you're sharing this plan with two or more people. Being kind to you with your actions, your words to yourself, your tough love, your naps and walks and treats is being kind to those around you. Do not skip your body or mental health care and maintenance just because you start to feel behind again. It will end in many, many tears, a six-hour nap, or who knows, some sort of small to large physical or mental breakdown. Do not give up on asking for help just because someone asks for more details or does things slightly differently than you would have done them. Do not add craft projects from Pinterest to the must-do essential ASAP serious shit list while you are in a 3 a.m. insomnia haze. Remember that a craft project is never merely a craft project. It's also a shopping trip, some sort of mess in your space, and taxing on your fingers or your brain or your emotions. Trust the you who sat down in a semi-reasonable frame of mind and worked all this out. Stay in the present and do the thing that is needed now. Drink your water. Follow the limits you set for yourself. This is why you're writing it down. Spiraling out about the future veers way too often into self-fulfilling prophecy territory. You can always drink some water, take a nap, eat a snack, and then revisit your plan again. You are doing an incredible, difficult thing, and it's all going to be okay in the end. 
It's fine to want to do a little more than just survive. It's also fine if we end up just surviving. And it's also fine if it takes a lot of strategy, planning, resources, and cooperation just to survive. Let's all be honest. Sometimes making lists and plans is just a way to feel like we're in control of the uncontrollable. These lists and plans can definitely make your weeks more sane and your days more handleable. And in the end, they're not magic. They're tools. And they're inevitably going to change and they will be more useful the more we can accept that. Who can help you accept that? Put connecting with them at the top of the list. I'm proud of you for listening to all this and proud of you for existing in a, as a whole person in a world that's not always kind to human people. Whatever you do or don't get done, you've already, quote, accomplished making the world a kinder place, starting with yourself. Peace, love, bread and wine. Lindsay.